Hello community and welcome to this week's episode of A Cup Full with myself, Tsekhezo Mwebi. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Cup Full. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. This week, we are stopping self-sabotage on this journey of growth and healing. So I know I've done this quite a lot. I have self-sabotaged quite a lot, um, obviously far more than when I knew better and when I knew what it is. And when I acknowledged that there is a problem and that there is a route that I need to get to, so that I am able to stop doing it and to find an appropriate way to move forward with it. Um, Realizing that there is a route to a whole lot of things that I did and a whole lot of the decisions that I made and how I chose to behave in certain situations has made making improvements easier because I know where I need to go to do the fixing or correcting. And there can only be a solution to a problem if you acknowledge that you have one. And that is on the truth. So according to research, there are a variety of reasons why self-sabotage happens. And it can be a conscious or unconscious act. The reasons can vary from childhood issues to prior relationship effects to very low self-esteem and coping problems as well as cognitive dissonance, problems with cognitive dissonance. We're going to get into all of this um, throughout this episode um, and you'll be able to have a much better understanding of each one if you don't already. So an example of conscious sabotage could be not sticking to an exercise plan that you committed to and an unconscious act could be missing a work deadline. So on the surface, it is procrastination, but the truth is you are afraid of failure. Self-sabotaging by missing the due date and therefore being a step behind for being considered to head a project or receive a promotion. I can definitely relate to this unconscious act um, and I can also remember times when I used to procrastinate so badly that I would either submit subpar work or I would end up not submitting at all and this is like back in university when I would ask for an extension on an assignment not because I didn't have enough time but because of I would 100% procrastinate and my procrastination was rooted in not feeling like I could achieve the best of what could be achieved from the assignment that I submitted or the test that I would have had to prepare for, you know what I mean? So I would definitely submit subpar work in the form of a test. Um, I would not study to my fullest capabilities and it would be the same with an assignment, either that or ask for an extension. And then that sort of filtered out into my work life. And I really had to bring bring it to a stop. Because if I didn't, then who would? 
I mean, no one's going to come up to you and say to you, oh my goodness, you're procrastinating far too much. You need to stop. I'm going to take away your ability to speak. You know what I mean? Um, it's something that you need to act on. It's something that you need to make yourself aware of or acknowledge. And you are the one that is going to be responsible for doing something about it. So I, when it comes to the unconscious one, I can definitely relate. And I, I had to see it as an adult, like as a grown-up playing out in my life. Especially when I started to seriously like work for real, real. I had to see that this is something that's not going to work for me. It won't fit into who I'm trying to become or the kind of life I'm trying to build for myself. Um, a difficult childhood contributes significantly to how you self-sabotage and when. If you are not raised with a secure attachment style, you might fall more into the avoidant attachment style. The kind of connection or lack thereof that one has from right at the beginning with their childhood, beginning of their childhood rather, with their caregiver, it affects how they connect with others. Um, and it contributes significantly to how you are going to react to things and how you will behave when you are faced with certain things. If your parents told you growing up that you are a failure or that you are stupid, you condition yourself to believe that you will always fall short. For some, it is motivation to prove people wrong. Um, and then for others, it just becomes a way of living and thinking. So some people will go out of their way to prove people wrong when they've realized that some of the things that they have done has been rooted in what they were taught or how they were taught to see themselves and what they were taught their capabilities could be they would perhaps focus on proving other people wrong so it won't even be about you know i need to acknowledge this get to the root of it and make sure that i don't repeat these patterns of behavior some people just see it as a motivation to show everyone else that they can in fact do it but some people don't get out of it and then they just end up living and thinking and just moving forward in a self-sabotaging way. So we are going to look into what might cause self-sabotage, what could be a reason for self-sabotage, what influences people to self-sabotage. The first one is difficulty in relationships. If your previous partner perhaps was emotionally unavailable and lacked emotional intelligence, and constantly made you feel like you are asking for far too much or lack the capabilities to speak to you and treat you with kindness, consideration, as well as with overall respect, you will most likely feel very vulnerable. Those things will affect you significantly and it might make it worse if this is how you were treated as a child. Um, so obviously if you were treated that way as a child, you are more likely to gravitate towards those kinds of relationships and those kinds of connections with people. So obviously this has been happening for a long time. It could even have been happening for a short while. Whichever one, it has been happening. And then you break it off with this person. Um, 
and you meet someone new who is good for you and to you, but you cheat or fail to meet them halfway emotionally or you look for a reason to break up with them because you feel like you are not good enough or you fear getting hurt again. Those are forms of self-sabotaging and the self-sabotaging would be rooted in you know, number one, being absolutely afraid of being hurt again or just feeling like you're not good enough. And those things would be rooted in the fact that you were not taught any different. As a child, that is the kind of environment that you grew up in. And so because of it is something you became accustomed to and it is something that you ended up being socialized into it is a lot more easier to react in a way that you feel will be protective of you when it is in fact self-sabotaging and it is in fact causing more harm than it is good you are pushing away a potentially good relationship a potentially good partner because of the things that you have experienced in the past because of the roots based on a recent study on self-sabotage 15 psychologists specializing in romantic relationships identified the main issues for the prevalence of self-sabotage to include insecure attachment styles low self-esteem fear of getting hurt fear of commitment unhealthy relationship beliefs coping problems when it comes to matters of the heart. I'm going to go back to the root. It's important to understand and it is important to acknowledge that things don't just come out of nowhere. It is often because of we have experienced certain things, whether as children, whether as adults, and they definitely affect how we are going to react to situations, how we are going to cope with things we are faced with, and just overall how we are going to choose to see certain things. Another one is low self-esteem. People with negative self-image and low self-esteem are more likely and more vulnerable to self-sabotaging. These people often behave in ways that confirm negative beliefs about themselves. So if they are close to succeeding, they become uncomfortable. If you have been told all your life that you will amount to nothing, or if that is something you have told yourself, then that feeds into self-sabotaging. And it ends up resulting in you finding a lot more comfort in self-sabotaging and finding it easier to cope. But even though you aren't necessarily coping, even though you see it as coping, but it isn't necessarily coping. It's actually quite harmful for you or to you. The next one is cognitive dissonance. This can be understood as having two conflicting ideas at the same time. So a perfect example is finding perhaps great success in whichever work you do. Um, You are about to make it big, like you're about to be big time. Uh, But instead of continuing to make that happen, you don't show up to the pitch that you were supposed to show up to for that potential opportunity, for that big investor. Uh, Instead, you call in sick or just get really drunk the night before. 
Instead of moving ahead, you take actions to mess things up for yourself. Why? Because of you believe consciously, unconsciously, that you are not capable, that you will not get to the end of whatever you are trying to get to the end of, that this is way bigger than you. And it is unrealistic to want more than that. Um, which is a lot of the times very much not true, but it's going to take you acknowledging that this is how I see this thing. This is why I have reacted this way. This is why I have chose to ha chosen rather to handle it this way or deal with it this way. But I now know and I know and now understand from reading, researching, speaking to people, um, taking the time to really look into how I've reacted to things and why I've reacted to things. I understand now that there is a different way of doing things. What are examples of self-sabotage? Number one is procrastination. It, it is often caused by the fear of disappointing others, failing or succeeding. So you could be afraid to disappoint yourself or other people. And so you procrastinate because that means that you don't have to put in the work and the outcome would be more certain than anything else. You already know what's going to happen. You are afraid of failing. You are afraid of succeeding. So instead of doing the thing that you need to do, you're just going to leave it until the last minute, until you're either not going to do it at all or you're going to do it very, very poorly. And that is a lot easier for you than getting it done. Perfectionism, holding oneself to an impossible standard, which will be the bane of your existence. It is always good to plan ahead and ensure that things turn out as well as possible. That is, that's a, that's a, an important, I want to say, skill to have. It's important to be able to do that. But you cannot have an impossible expectation that things will not have problems or it will always be smooth that's unrealistic this is real life and you need to acknowledge and you need to understand that there will always be room for things to not be perfect because of like I said it's the real world nothing is perfect we do our best and our best is always enough as long as you've put your best foot forward and as long as you've made proper effort then the outcome of it is going to be to the best of that extent you know if you are not able to do that you're going to stand between you and feeling any kind of peace and fulfillment it will never be enough you will never be satisfied with it you will never be happy about it it will feel like you are just constantly moving around in a circle and that you're not seeing anything else there's there is no moving forward you're not seeing any kind of progress because of there's this expectation for things to be perfect. The The big problem also with being a perfectionist is when th something does not go according to plan, um, perfectionists are more likely to fall apart or they end up feeling ashamed, which can have detrimental effects. It can affect their mental health. It can affect their overall physical well-being. I think perfectionism also gets to people really badly because you put strain on yourself physically you put strain on yourself mentally and emotionally there's no rest there is no room for you to make mistakes 
you need to be perfect all the time, which is impossible and which is not realistic, you know. Another one is self-medication. To deal with the constant battle between the desire to be successful and the belief that they won't be, some end up turning to drugs and alcohol to self-soothe, which can also have detrimental effects. It can affect you physically very, very negatively. It can affect you emotionally. It can affect you mentally. You can feel like you have no control over yourself over your life it could just cause a downward spiral how do we stop self-sabotaging the research that i did was really helpful it guided me it helped me understand that this is really not linear work it's it's something that you have to make an effort to do um i think i've always understood that you have to make an effort because it's something that i've done and I've worked on and I've pushed myself to do which is constantly make an effort but I did always have a weird expectation of myself that striving towards moving away from self-sabotage or striving towards reacting better and finding solutions that won't self-sabotage or won't take away from me once I've discovered what the problem might be I've always wanted it to sort of be linear. It must move in a specific way. It doesn't work that way. The research that I did gave me perspective, you know. For instance, you need to look into the root causes. Look for patterns in your life. Do you always hinder your own progress or success? Do you behave in this way before you were about to do well or when you were close to achieving something that you had always wanted to achieve? Is it easier for you to simply stop trying because you just don't believe you can actually do it? The question is why? Could it be how you were raised? Or could it be how you were spoken to? Could it be just the kind of people you have constantly been surrounded by and who you've surrounded yourself with? Look at the root causes. And sometimes when you've looked at the first part of the root cause you need to go into the second part of the root cause the root cause sometimes has a root cause stop procrastinating how do we do that by constantly putting something off is not much easier to do than it would be to keep going and putting in the work for something you were told you are simply incapable of achieving i'm going to say that again by constantly putting something off is much easier to do then it would be to keep going and putting in the work for something you were told you are simply incapable of achieving. If it's sitting in your head, if it's something you were taught, if it's something you were reminded of as a child each and every day, and it's something that you grew up reminding yourself as well, because obviously this is what you were taught as a child, you are more likely not going to do it. You're going to put it off. You are going to believe that the bigger things in your life the opportunity to succeed, the opportunity to do something differently, to come up with a different idea for a thing won't be acceptable because what? You can't actually do it. You are actually a failure. It's obviously going to be easier to not want to do it and to look away. The lack of syncopation between where you are at the moment and what you were told on a daily basis that you cannot do it and that you should try something else because you won't be able to achieve it, is what causes that discomfort and makes you self-sabotage. So again, it's sitting with you, you believe it, 
you understand it um, and so you are more likely to lean towards that, not doing anything. And you know what? I know that it's very easy to blame yourself and say, why have I not done something? Why am I stuck like this? I'm capable of moving and changing the way I think and changing the way I see things, which may all be true, but that requires you getting to a certain point and it requires you acknowledging and it requires you to to also just be kind to yourself and show yourself a lot of grace because it's not easy it's doable but it is not easy so please be kind to yourself and give yourself time and take things one step at a time sometimes you also self-sabotage by taking on far too much and being far more than you can handle and it is important to ask yourself why is it the environment that you were raised in is it what you were taught is it what you ended up becoming along the way for people because of you felt like you needed to be this for people to keep you around in your in their lives and where does that come from what has caused this what has made this such a comfortable thing to exist in your life why are you going far or further than above and beyond why are you wearing yourself out to a point where you are burnt out and you're tired and you're not able to be present for yourself why is it important for you to always come to the rescue and take on more than you can handle why are you putting yourself on the line and emptying out your cup and having nothing left to work with and then ending up in situations where you are procrastinating or you are completely absent from the important things in your life that concern you what is going on what is the reason for that ask yourself those questions remember that it is not just about the bigger picture when you have a big goal, such as to land the next promotion at work or to turn your business into a six-figure company, that can all be very overwhelming. But in order to prevent self-sabotaging, you should be focusing on the steps you will be taking to achieve that goal, not just that big moment itself. You are at point A and you are looking ahead to point Z. You're using binoculars, you can see it, it is a beautiful destination. But you're forgetting in that moment that from A, you need to get to Z and you are not going to just fly over or you are not just going to jump over. You are going to have to walk through B, C, D, E, etc. to get to Z. So thinking, think of it that way. It's good to, from time to time, use your binoculars to look ahead and see how beautiful your life is going to be and how amazing achieving the things you want to achieve is going to be and how you're going to be able to benefit from that. But remember that you need to take steps in between and that doing that and focusing on the steps that you're going to take in between will prevent you from spending too much time, an unnecessary amount of time on the unimportant details, you know, the perfection the needing to be or behave or exist in a certain way 
the things that are going to end up taking away from the beauty of the journey. Take small steps, such as planning and executing, resting, nourishing your body, sticking to your schedule, which includes you being able to step away from work sometimes to enjoy a good dinner or a drink or a holiday or just a day off, you know. So the bigger picture matters, but it shouldn't be what you are focusing on so much that you forget that you need to take steps in between. Let go of the perfectionism. Perhaps you overthink every detail um, and you fixate on how you want the outcome of every detail to be and what you want it to be. Rather aim for excellence and not for perfection. And by that, I mean that work towards being amazing, being incredible, being great. But don't work towards not making any mistakes and not allowing yourself the room to grow and not giving yourself grace. It takes so much away from the journey that you're on. It is definitely something that will hinder your growth. It will hinder how you are able to experience the things that you are meant to experience. It will take away far more than it will give, you know. Make the small improvements and give yourself time to settle into any of the new ways that you choose to take in your accomplishments. So it could be taking yourself out for a drink. It could be going out for dinner. It could be buying a book. It could really just be, you know, reflecting and giving yourself the moment, however long that would be, to acknowledge that you have done this and you have not only taken time out of the time that you have to acknowledge your hard work but you have also just sort of stopped fixating and you have stopped wishing that things were any different you are content in that moment it's going to take work it's going to take time but it's not impossible perfectionism is never something to hold on to like i said it takes away far more than it gives Working on stopping, self, stopping self-sabotage takes time and work, like I've said. Take those steps at your own pace. When you slip up or find yourself falling back into old habits, please talk to someone. If you are able to begin the journey from right at the beginning and you can afford it, please go to a therapist. Um, if you are not necessarily be able to afford a therapist, but you have people or you have someone in your life who you feel safe enough to speak to and who you will who you know will give you a listening ear and sound advice please go to them please allow yourself to speak to your people to your tribe to your community give yourself an opportunity to to you know move away or let go of the things that are not serving you, that are not good for you. Self-sabotage is something that is not good for anyone. And being able to get away from that, being able to get out of that, working through it is something so big. It's very important. It is going to make a huge difference in your life. And you will overall just be able to function differently when you are not self-sabotaging.
Here are some questions that you need to ask yourself if you self-sabotage. Um, these were guided by the research that I've done and they were also contributed to by some of the things that I asked myself when I started realizing that I'm self-sabotaging and that I ask myself when I'm slipping up. Number one, does how you behave aid you in achieving your goals? Number two, if not, what is standing between you and achieving your goals? Number three, do you feel uncomfortable when you progress? If yes, then dig right down to the root. Number four, do you feel uncomfortable because of what others have told you that limited your belief in yourself? Number five, do you feel comfortable because of you are afraid of what the outcome will be if you fail, such as looking stupid or incapable? Number six, are you uneasy because of you are afraid of succeeding? Number seven, what causes this fear of succeeding? Number eight, does achieving more than you could have ever imagined make you feel uncomfortable? Number nine, if you do well for yourself, do you believe that it is way more than what you deserve? For things to change for the better, we really need to work on them. That work may not be easy and it may not be linear. It is definitely important, however, um, to do it. I really hope today's episode has helped you realize that taking those steps no matter what um, is just as important, just as worth it, just as meaningful. If you resonated with today's podcast, I really hope it has been helpful and I wish you all the best. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please, please, please don't forget that we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Anchor. A Cupful is also on Instagram, and the handle is at A underscore Cupful, and that is all small letters. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in the next episode, and I wish you all a very pleasant rest of the week ahead. Please, please, please don't forget to keep shining and resting, very important, as well as doing the things that keep your cup filling up, filled, and or overflowing. <laughs>